podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. want to thank Tiger Hoods for checking us in here, name-checking Scott and myself. Scott, what's the good word? Uh, what's going on? It's an uh, interesting world we all live in, but, you know, it's still too cold for golf, but we're all holding out hope. Well, I got snow on the ground. Hey, our boy Tiger Hoods has his first tournament this week. In Texas, they got three inches of snow. Well, uh, first of all, good good luck, Tiger. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, right now, even if I wanted to play it, it's too frosty. They'd throw us off a golf course. Although there's one place that would probably let us play pretty local because uh, they clearly don't care about course conditions. But you know what? Uh, Tis not the season. Everybody's kind of getting in on it, you know? The South is getting some snow. Deep Texas got some snow. Everyone's starting to feel our pain, except for guys on the West Coast. I got buddies out there sending me pictures and videos of them playing, and it's just, you know, I love it, guys, but it gets a little bit frustrating at times. Yeah, and there's there's nothing worse than, like, take, you know, yesterday, for example, and we're recording this on Monday, everyone. Uh, yesterday, for example, and you know, it's a quiet day, not a lot going on. You know, there's football on, but there's also golf, and you kind of flip back and forth, and, you know, they're out in, like, tropical paradise, you know, playing golf, and, you know, you're here in 19-degree weather with frost on the ground, and it's very frustrating, and I wanted to be in Hawaii with them. You know, every time that tournament's on, I mean, same thing with you. I, I can't remember a day in the last decade where there hasn't been snow on the ground outside. And and I know with this wraparound season, the season starts at a different time. But to me, Kapalua, Winners Championship, Century Tournament of Champions, that's, that's the start, Scott. Like, that's what I mark on my calendar. I'm ready to go. It's 2021. It's our second episode of the new year. And we had a hell of a tournament to start off, Harris English has probably been in better form than anybody out there on tour, save for DJ. He went into the playoff with Neiman yesterday, who had just an insane round. When guys were shooting over par, Scott, we had seven guys over par, including mm-hmm. Kevin Na, who shot a 79. Robert Streb shot 76. Victor Hovland shot 76. Neiman goes out blows the course away it was like he was playing a different course shoots 64 to get in the playoff with Harris English who hit just the most amazing shot on 18 on Sunday had a chance at an eagle putt missed it made the birdie gets into the playoff with Joaquin Neiman and then wins in the playoff it was it was fantastic he makes a birdie on the first hole the first playoff hole on 18 just like he did in regulation and there you go. There's our first tournament winner of the actual year. Congrats to Harris English. You know, I it, it I guess it was Thursday because he had the lead on Thursday also. You shot um, 65 on Thursday. Yeah, so I, I turned it on, I guess, like towards the last hour or so on Thursday. And I'm looking at it like Harris English. Like what, what tournament did Harris English win to get into this? Um and he won, he was, a, I'm not sure which team tournament it was, but he won a team tournament with Matt Kuchar. Yeah, um, so 
it, yeah, it was pretty crazy this year um, because of COVID and so many tournaments being dropped and we would have had like a 12-player field. They opened it up to not only those, uh, what's that? I can't remember the tournament in uh, Louisiana or Mississippi, wherever it is down south, but mm-hmm. well, they had the, the walk-up Zurich. music. Yeah, the Zurich Classic, thank you. But uh, they also opened it up to everybody that qualified for the Tour Championship as well. Gotcha. Okay, that's that was where they... So they that's let, yeah, that's why you've got in. this enormous field. And and you know, I look at this tournament two ways usually, Scott. I look at it one as again, we talked about this in the previous pod, like this is the tournament to win. Harris English has no worries for the next two years. He has his tour card for two years. He's back at this tournament again next year. If he does nothing else for the rest of the year, his entire 2021 is made. And that's a great way to do it. But then you look at guys at the bottom of the leaderboard, like Hideki and Mackenzie Hughes and Kevin Nahn, Robert Streb, guys that may have broken par once that entire week. And let's be honest, Kapalua being a par 73 course, these guys should eat it up. And I feel like if you're at the bottom of this player pool to start the year, it almost could work as a, a big negative towards you especially going into sony you know a lot of guys skip sony because it's so windy and i feel like if you're in the bottom half of this field you might be like ah you know what let let me get to sony let me play it let me try to get to better form and kind of regain form if you will but then you deal with the wind and you know think about the psyche of that of having two bad weeks in a row before you get back to the mainland Right, right, right. It's like you're you're stuck on this island and and you can't find your swing and yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, so no, totally, totally understand. So there was, you know, there's a lot more that went on during uh during this tournament than just the golf, if you will, the, Scott. The the golf was good though, and 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 like you said, like it was a pretty exciting finish. Um, as predicted, Justin Thomas played well. <laughs> he played very well, but unfortunately was kind of overshadowed a little bit by his uh, choice of uh, course words, if you will, after missing a putt. Now, to be honest, this is probably something that the majority of listeners have either said to themselves in their heads, or they've said something, you know, along those lines if they've, you know, missed a putt. But a guy like JT, just like Tiger back in the day where everything was picked up, and, you know, nowadays even Tiger could be three strokes off the cut line and guess whose shot you're seeing every time he's ready to swing. It's Tiger. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like this that are being under public scrutiny and, and having – Mike's everywhere, and let's be honest, there wasn't even a mic near him. That was a pretty solid boom mic that was picking up um, his choice of um, slurs, if you will, once yeah. he missed the putt. So, so I want to talk about it. I want to dwell too much on it, but but I, you know, I kind of want to straddle the line and play devil's advocate here, not because I'm for one side or the other. But there's a whole entire movement out there that you know. Why does he get to keep all of his sponsors when a guy like Scott Piercy a year ago went on Twitter and used the same type of uh, homophobic slurs against uh, Pete Buttigieg and Nancy Pelosi and kind of went off on a Twitter storm? He lost all of his sponsors, Izod, FootJoy, et cetera, et cetera, and was kind of like, you know, lava. No one wanted to touch him. Now, it doesn't seem that way for JT. I think part of that is the fact that I, 
I truly believe JT is contrite. I truly believe he's sorry for it. Every person that I know that knows JT, and I was just talking to a good friend that we had on the pod last week about it, who knows his dad super, you know, super well and they're super close, is that he really is just a good kid. You know, this truly does seem like just a slip of the tongue. He didn't see mics. He didn't see cameras. He didn't think anything was around him. Yeah, and it's also, here's the thing, like, in the heat of the moment, and again, I'm not excusing it, because it, it, it's inexcusable, and, and he said that also. Right. Um, so it, I'm not going to excuse it, but in the heat of the moment, sometimes you say things you, you wouldn't necessarily mean. That's a big, you know, difference between, you know, going on Twitter, typing something out, figuring out how to do so in, you know, a limited amount of characters and then hitting send on it. I, I would agree. There's, there's some premeditation in that context, as opposed to JT being pissed. He misses the putt. He, he mutters it to himself. There's no one near him. He's not, you know, directing it at anybody. And, and before people, you know, chomp down, realize that I'm not condoning this. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I feel that, JT has kind of gone above and beyond in apologizing. He said, quote, he said, I screwed up. I have to be better. I will be better. I deeply apologize to everybody and anybody who was offended. He goes on to say that it's embarrassing. That's not me. And it's inexcusable. Um, That holds a lot more context when he gets behind the mic and says that, as opposed to Scott Piercy, who did like a Twitter apology. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, like, you know, you <laughs> on social media, you always have the opportunity to to not hit send. Correct. But I think it was a Charlie Sheen had someone whose job it was to basically like take his phone and prevent him from sending stuff out on Twitter. Right. When it, he was hopped up on tiger blood and just winning all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, he needed a guy to do that because he couldn't control himself. You know, if you're if if you sit there and you, you know, plan something out and you type it out and you still hit send, you know, that 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 is a a much worse uh, connotation, I guess, than, you know, getting angry and just shouting something like, you know, your emotions get the better of you. It's not like Justin Thomas looked around, you know, didn't see a camera and was like, okay, I'm good. And then shouted something inappropriate. like. He missed a putt and, you know, had an emotional reaction. It's, right. Said under his breath mm-hmm. that he thought no one was going to pick up. Now, Scott, if you're in charge of the PGA Tour, if you're in charge of Golf Channel, you know, are you putting a bug in the PGA Tour's ear to find JT? Um, why? Because it, they're not going to announce it. Oh, of course not. I mean, so, we know that. We so know that's that. that's the thing. So here, here's the thing. Like, if it was going to be something where the fine was public, and you know, you could, I guess, make an example of him. You know, then, you know, by all means, go ahead and do it. Because what are they going to find him that really matters to him? Right. The monetary aspect means nothing. The PGA Tour does not comment on disciplinary action it never has i'm assuming it never will uh at least in our lifetime before we die it's just the way that it is it's it's a sport that you know quote unquote polices 
itself, and that's the way they want to do it. The monetary aspect is not important. I think the public humiliation that mm-hmm. he suffered is probably more than enough to begin with. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm just going to throw this out at you. If Golf World, Golf Digest, people like us in the media, if, if we didn't pick up on this and we didn't talk about it, how many people were truly, intently watching Golf Channel at that moment and heard it? Oh, it's not significant. Right? Is, is the number 50,000? I don't think so. Uh, there's more than 50,000 people watching it. You think you think 50,000 people heard that live? I, I think more than 50. I, I, I'm going to say, I'll, I'll venture to say that, that 200,000 people heard it live. Okay. I, I think that might That's, be a little I, bit high, but... It might be. Who knows what their, the numbers are for like a random tournament, you know, during football season. Right. Now, I think, you know, and... and I think that plays into it a little bit, not that it makes it any worse or any better, but what if this occurs on the last hole to win the Masters on Sunday on CBS and it's picked up? What what then happens? Then mm-hmm. I, I feel like I feel like in the context of the situation it becomes a more finable offense. Yeah. When you yeah. have, you know, six, seven million people tuning in. Well, and the other thing is, you know, like, at that point, you know the cameras are on you. Right. Yeah, I mean, look, let's be honest, Scott. How many times have we been next to players at tournaments and heard them mutter things to caddies and there's no one around but the caddy, the player, and us? Oh, constantly. Right? Constantly. So... It's, it's tough because if you're the PGA Tour, you don't want to come down too hard on this dude because he's a superstar, and you want this guy wearing a mic. And let, let's be honest, JT's the one guy who always says, I do not want to wear it. I don't want this to happen. I want the pack to stop this because what I talk to my caddy about or my playing partners about is my business. It's not the world's. But on the other hand, and I get that, and I like it, and I respect it. I don't want people coming into my job and hearing what I talk about with my friends on the job, you know, when I'm not teaching, right? No one wants that. But as a fan, as someone in the media, don't you and I love hearing those player caddy interactions? Uh, right. Yeah. And and it it's a it's it's a catch twenty two. And exactly. that be, and that's the thing. Like you have to you know, you have to take take the good with the bad. Like, yeah, it's great that, you know, we can, you know, have the technology to listen to what players are saying and essentially eavesdrop on their conversations. But sometimes you're going to pick up stuff you don't necessarily want to put on the air. Here's here's one question I have for you. Which it's I like when the, it, it's it, it's like it's like those times when in the NFL, when a referee turns his mic on to announce a penalty and, you know, the, the player who he's calling the penalty on is not happy. That's a great point. Or guys are chirping in the background and the mic picks it up. Yep. All right. So here's, here's my solution. And please explain to a, you know, a Luddite like me why this isn't going on. You have seven-second delays on live television, right? And that's to catch things so mm-hmm. you don't have, like, a Kanye West moment at the Grammys or whatever the awards were, right? It's to mm-hmm. catch those type of moments. So in golf... When nobody at home, 
knows if this shot is live or not unless you tell them. Why then can't we have players mic'd up? Why can't we have mics everywhere? And why can't the network just protect a guy in case he slips up here or there? Why can't that be done? Why couldn't they have watched that, heard what he said, realized that we can't play the audio after the putt is hit, have the announcers talk over it, but also realize we need to play the video because it's an important bogey he made. It's important to the story of the tournament that we're showing. Why can't that occur? I don't know. Okay. There we go. Again, solving golf channels and PGA Tours problems on Leave the Pin. Scott, did you notice Patrick Reed's choice of attire for 2021? Um, he's with G4. They're bold. They do a lot of great shoe work. They do good gloves. They're venturing into polos for Patrick Reed. Uh, he, here's the th- here's my problem. So you and I have very different body types. Correct. Uh, you and Patrick Reed have very different body type. Also correct. So there are certain things that look okay uh, on people who have a you know very athletic body type. As opposed to people like myself and Patrick Reed, who are a little more round. I would agree with you. So, the, this shirt in particular, the one with this giant arrow on it. Oh, okay. I'm not even thinking of that one. I'm thinking of the one with the bouquet of flowers that he has. But go ahead. Yep, I know which one you mean. Fair. Um, the arrow is essentially pointing to his, his stomach. Uh, personally, I'm not wearing that shirt. I don't think I've seen a pro golfer wear a shirt that accentuates a paunch more than that. Exactly. Um, and again, the, the flowers, you know, uh, the bolder the print, the skinnier you, you have to be. And again, I'm not trying to body shame anyone, believe me. Because I'm in that boat too. But yeah, come on, people. Now, I will say... For all the shirts that he did wear, the bouquet of flowers was my favorite G4 design because they actually used you know actual images of flowers. And Century was pledging $1,000 to charity for every Hawaii-themed apparel piece worn by the players. So Patrick Reed had that one on. Brian Gay, who we know wears very uh, out-there outfits at times, had the floral pants. Uh, Jason Kokrak had a Bill Murray pink shirt on. We know Billy Ho is always mm-hmm. with the RLX florals, and he had that on. And it's for a good cause. And honestly, that's the best shirt that he wore. But if if P. Reed is going in this direction this year with his apparel and his style, I mean, his game's going to have to be on fire to back it up. Because let me tell you something, Scott. When you cheat, all eyes are on you. Right? And then all eyes are also on you when you dress outlandishly. So this man is getting away with nothing this year. So I, I just pulled up their website and most of their stuff it they do have a fairly you know conservative for the most part in their, their polo collection. For the most part it's fairly fairly tame. But every now and again, you get like 
again, the floral print, you get, you know, skulls, you know, that it, it just draws unnecessary attention. Yeah. Nope. I agree. I agree. Um, anything else before uh, we drop Kapalua? Nah, I'm good. Okay. Oh, you know what? Speaking of outfits, speaking of outfits, Sergio Garcia, Joaquin Neiman on Sunday wearing the same identical black with white piping Adidas shirts because obviously they're both Adidas guys. The announcers kept talking about it because obviously Neiman is torching the course and he's on TV everywhere. And in every shot, you see his buddy, and they are buddies. They play a lot of practice rounds together, him and Sergio. You see his buddy walking in the background. It looks like a spitting image of him, Mm -hmm. right? So this is one of the scripting things I hate. I can't stand when when grown men, grown women on tour, and it mostly happens in the men's game on the PGA Tour, where they have their outfits scripted for them. This is what you wear Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if you make it to the weekend. And then you get a situation like this, and it's happened before. It's happened with Tiger before. Uh, with some of the mock necks, but you get a situation where guys are wearing the same exact outfit. They were wearing the same exact pants. It looked like they were playing down in uh, now I'm brain dead again. What was the tournament called <laughs> with your buddy you play? The Zurich. The Zurich. Thank you. It's twice the same episode. They looked like they were Zurich teammates. It looked like they were on, you know, the international team. We're playing the Ryder Cup together. It's ridiculous, Scott. It's ridiculous that a multi-million dollar company cannot send an alternative shirt for a guy to wear in case he's partnered with someone that is sponsored by the same brand. So, a couple things. First, remember, it must have been like three or four years ago, they did this at the Masters. They had all of their guys, I guess it was just on Thursday, but it might have been Thursday and Friday. Yep. They had all their guys in the same outfit. Yep. Um, you know, because I guess they were going for, you know, a, a, a team kind of thing. You know, yeah. Team, team Adidas. Um, and, and, and off on a tangent, do you mm-hmm. also remember when Bubba wore the same outfit all four days? That was the year he won. Yeah. Uh, that, that was 2013. The all white. Yep. The milkman. Yeah, all white, and then I, he had um, some like pink piping on his visor or something like that. I I would specifically mandate if I had a clothing sponsor that, while I appreciate and love what you're doing and your product in and of itself, I need some control over this. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. let's Bubba may that may have actually been a thing that he like threw out there. <laughs> I just, you know, I I can see them being like, all right, Bubba, we're gonna we got some ideas. No, 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 no. I, here's what I want to do. <laughs> I'm just gonna go all white. Yeah, I could see Bubba doing that. <laughs> wait, wait, no, no, no. We we have some really good ideas though. No, no, I, I got a better all white. Maybe throw some pink in there. I, I'm good. I'm good. Instead of being the black knight like Gary Player, he's the the white milkman. Uh, yeah, exactly. So so that's my what, number one was that. Number two, you know, the, the whole scripting thing, like, do they script it out, like, day by day for everyone or no, just for only certain guys? guys? It's so only like, their top guys. So that's what I'm saying. So, like, Sergio, it's probably scripted for. Yeah, a guy like Sergio, of course. But Joaquin Neiman's just getting a box of, a box of clothes and then saying, all right, well, I'm going to wear this on Sunday. Yeah, you know, I... Yeah, he's he's a big enough name where he may have some pull, 
But I, I think I tend to agree with you, Scott. I think he probably gets a box. It's got eight, six polos, three pair of pants, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, man, just make sure it matches. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe what they do, and I, I've actually seen this, they ha- you know, they'll give it to them with a, you know, with these pants, wear this shirt or this shirt, you know, with et cetera. So they, they sort of semi-script it for them. Sure. And then it's just kind of up to the player to pull what he wants out of the closet that day. Um, and again, that some players, that's, that's for players who have an apparel deal. I've seen guys tee it up wearing like Banana Republic khakis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, like, you know, even down on the, the Corn Ferry Tour, a lot of those guys are sponsored. But a lot of those guys are on those discount sponsorships, whereas, okay, you know, you're sponsored by Titleist Footjoy. Okay, awesome. Here's the member login. Go to the site. You get 70% off everything. Right, right, right. Whereas opposed to guys on the, you know, the big tour, obviously, you know, everything is taken care of for them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's that's the thing. Like a box of stuff is showing up for Sergio with a wear this on Thursday, wear this on Friday, wear this on Saturday, wear this on Sunday. For sure. You know, for Joaquin Neiman, it's, all right, well, yeah, here's a bunch of stuff. And Rock the and thing roll. Is I, I don't think it's every tournament either. I think it's, it's obviously, it's the majors, it's the players, it's the big tournaments, and mm-hmm. Kapalua being a winner's-only tournament, you know, that happens to it. And, 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 to further add to my point, in such a small field event, one of the smallest fields of the year, you would think they would give guys some mobility with their choice of outfits mm-hmm. because it's such a small field and the percentages are so much higher getting paired up with someone from the same sponsorship company. Right, exactly. Again, what do I know? Scott, do you know what Century is? That was our, our tournament sponsor this week. I think I want to do that every week. What is Century? The Century Tournament of Champions. Do, do you they know make, the top of your head? Do they make smoke alarms or some kind of like protective, like home protective equipment? Um, I, it there might be a company with that same name, but that's not the company that sponsors it. Gotcha. They're an insurance company for commercial and small business insurance. Okay. So they do expert conversations, dedicated service, and innovative options, Scott. Your business, our experience. That is tournament sponsor, Century. Good for them. We are not paid or affiliated with them at all. Uh, yes. Um, the, uh, there is a, a, another company called Century, but they are, it's Century Safe. Yes, I see that. Now that's, there are that's some, what I was thinking. Okay. There are some smoke alarms which are from a century line of kitty fire or kid fire and they're called century smoke alarms. Obviously, you know, century being the the guardian of of an area uh mm-hmm. if you will. Uh so there's that. But yeah, they're an insurance company and it was good. They gave away a lot of money to uh, Hawaiian charities with their $1,000 for wearing floral. Um, what else did we have going on this week? Mike Wan is leaving the LPGA, the most successful commissioner in LPGA history. Bump there, pay from $24 million up to $76.5 million in his last year. Went from uh, 24 tournaments to 42 
at the height, you know, a man that just was literally a man of the people. Um, so that's going to be an enormous loss for the LPGA. But whose gain does that become, Scott? Because in the golf world, he's still pretty young. Mike Wan's only 57. Do you think he's sailing off into the sunset of retirement, or do you think he takes on a higher, loftier position? Um, the question is, does he stay with golf? Well, that's a good point. That's you know, really a great point. You know, you know he was the, the former marketing exec at Procter & Gamble. Then he went to Wilson and finally TaylorMade, and then inherited... Um, the LPGA, uh, I guess around 2011, 2012, something like that. Right. So uh, what I was thinking more is though, like, what if there's like another, like another sports league where the commissioner is getting ready to retire? Mm. You know, like, like for example, and, and I don't really know anything about hockey, but the commissioner of the NHL is 68. Is that Gary Bettman? It's still Gary Bettman. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and I literally like I don't I don't follow hockey, but I read this, Scott, and I don't know if it was true because obviously hockey doesn't exist in my world and I didn't bother to do any more follow-up mm. research. Is it true that hockey sold its divisional names to companies, sponsorship I be- companies? I believe that is correct. Um I don't again, I don't really know much about hockey. Um, I, I just kind of sort of knew that he was still around. Okay. And I kind of figured he was pretty old. So, so I looked it up to see how old he was. So ESPN is reporting that that is true for all of our hockey fans out there. Uh, there's the Scotia NHL North division, the Honda NHL West division discover NHL Central Division and the Mass Mutual NHL East Division. Do you think anybody see here here's the funny thing? People complain a lot, right? People complain when baseball players put Nike symbols on. People complained when the NBA sold logos on jerseys. People complain about golf tournaments always switching sponsors. But how many times? Do you call a tournament, a league, a NBA team, and how many times do you precede that name with the sponsor? Uh, never. Never. Like, is anybody going to call the Central Division in the NHL the Discover Central Division? No. Is anyone going to call, you know, Kapalua the Century Tournament of Champions? No. Let them get their money. Let it prop up the league that that was hurt financially due to COVID, mm-hmm. and just keep on calling it what you would call it forever. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like the the college bowl games, of course. But like, see, they've gotten sneaky, Scott. They've gotten sneaky because you know the big bowl games, like the Rose, the Sugar, all that stuff. They have always kept their names when they talk about it, but sponsors have now used their name completely as the name of the tournament, right? The mm-hmm. Blockbuster Bowl, when that was around, Blockbuster being the video chain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, you know, I can't think of any off the top of my head. There's, you know, a hundred different bowl games nowadays. It's not like when we were growing up when there was, you know, 15 bowl games. Right. Well, that I mean, the Rose Bowl has a sponsor. It's the yep. Rose Bowl presented by Capital One. Sure. Um, sure. You know, the the Fiesta Bowl is the, the uh, I think it's actually sponsored by PlayStation. Okay. Um, so, but again, like, you associate that as the Fiesta Bowl and the Rose Bowl. Like you said, like, you, you're not going to, you know, be like, oh, you know, I can't wait to watch the Capital One Orange Bowl. Right. Like, you just say the Orange Bowl. Yeah. All right. Well, let me give you an example of some in college football, and you tell me what you would just call them. How about that? Okay. What would you call the Meineke Car Care Bowl of Texas? The Meineke Car Care Bowl of Texas? Uh, I would call it the either the Texas Bowl or the, uh, the Lone Star Bowl. Oh, okay. Very nice. Very nice. Um, here, this one is, this is a tongue twister. The San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. That's a, that's a good one. Just the Poinsettia Bowl. Okay. Um, I'm trying to see if there's any that just have like literally just the name of the place. How about the Belk Bowl? Belk is like a, like an off-brand department store, right? Yes. Yeah, they're they're big in the Carolinas. Yeah, actually. they're they're not around here. Um, yeah, no, they they actually anchor like strip malls down in the Carolinas. Gotcha. How about the Beef O'Brady's Bowl? That's a bowl. That's <laughs> a bowl. Nice. A sports pub restaurant down in Florida. Oh, there's a there's a cheese it bowl. There's the GoDaddy.com bowl. Actually, the, the Cheez-It Bowl looked like a good game now that I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's it's wild how uh, how they've moved into the actual names. There's a Craft Fight Hunger Bowl. Did you know that? Navy versus Arizona State this year. Uh, this, I, it's, I love this one. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. It's not even sponsored by Frosted Flakes or Kellogg's. It's Tony the Tiger. I mean, I get it's sponsored by Kellogg's, obviously. Okay. But the logo, it's actually a really sick logo. It's Tony the Tiger, and then the words Tony the Tiger, and then in tiny, tiny print, it says Sumble. Okay. Well, we've got the Chick-fil-A Bowl, the Russell Athletic Bowl. Those are all just complete sponsor company names. And the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl. Must have been an absolute blast to watch Western Kentucky play Central Michigan. I, I didn't even realize that that was still a thing. Yeah, none of these really are a thing at all, Scott. Mm. Uh, hey, the PGA announced, obviously, big announcement that they were ditching Donald Trump and Trump Bedminster for the 2022 PGA of America. They do not want to be associated with that hate and vitriol, so they left. I'm not sure they did it on moral grounds as much as they probably want to just kind of save face and not have to deal with the backlash and mounting pressure from the media like the USGA had to back when they had the Women's U.S. Open at uh, one of Trump's courses. It was That was Bedminster also. I, I okay. actually went and followed Jane around for a round. Okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, 
yeah, I, I, you know, you'd like to think that they take the moral high ground, but in all honesty, they probably just didn't want to deal with it. Sure. I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, they still have 18 months to find a new venue. Okay. It's not like, it's not like the PJ is this summer or this May, excuse me. It's not like it's four or five months away. You've got right. basically 16, 17 months to get on board with a course. And it, it is going to have to be quick. It's going to have to be pretty soon. It's going to have to be a course that is enabling themselves to have a quick turnaround in order to put the course into tournament condition. But let's be honest, Scott, there's a ton of courses that are out there. What it boils down to is if these are private clubs, A, does the membership want them? And B, if they're not private clubs, do these resort or public courses want to be beholden to the PGA and lose revenue for, you know, six, seven months while they set up? That's a great question. Um, so I, obviously part of me is hoping they keep it in the tri-state area. I, I, I truly believe they will. I would hope so. I, when's, I feel like they owe it. When's their course going to be ready? It's not going to be ready in 2022, right? The one they're no, building in Frisco? No, no it's not. And, and, and honestly, if it was, I really think they just ship it down to Texas and say, oh. Hey, we're, yeah. we're good. Because, look, that's going to be like on a once-every-five-year rota. Let's be honest. Oh, it, it already it, – it's already – it's already – they're booked out to 2034, and it's – yep, that is correct. It's every five Go- years. Golf Digest is reporting that Southern Hills is one of the leading candidates down in Tulsa. Uh, Gil Hance recently restored that. Toasted four PGA Championships before Senior PGA Championship. Um it's the venue for the 2030 PGA. It is also hosting the 2021 Senior PGA Championship. So mm. obviously the PGA of America is on site already. They, they've got a home base there. It would kind of make the most sense. But Scott, let's play a fun game. And where would you like it to be held? So again, I'd like to see it continue to stay in the tri-state area. Um, you know, obviously, you know, being Long Islanders like we are, um, and, and having grown up essentially at Beth page, um, that that's going to be my first pick for various reasons. Uh, obviously, you know, sentimental reasons, ease of attendance, you know, assuming everything's kind of back to semi-normal by 2022. Right. Um, and just the fact that it's Beth page. And, um, although I will be honest with you, I don't love watching golf there. But it, can can we get into that a little bit for the people that have never been to Beth Page, uh, and even for the people that may have been to a PGA there or a U.S. Open but haven't traversed the grounds like we have? So yeah, we can get into it. First of all, if it's wet, it gets muddy as heck. Awful. We've experienced uh, that. Uh, yeah, it, it's. I think the last time they were there, that was the the year Brooks won. Um, I, I think I may have like tweeted out a picture of my foot in mud with a comment, you know, quick name, a a better couple than PGA than, uh, major championships at Beth page and rainstorms, um, or muddy conditions and Beth page black, something like that. Uh, it's also impossible to walk around that place. 
So that is my that's my biggest pet peeve. The course is is monstrous. It's enormous. Mm-hmm. It's a beast. It's a brute. It's public. It's great. But the way that the USGA and the way that the PGA of America route that course is asinine. It's insane. It crosses a road, which is closed down for the mm-hmm. week. Round Swamp Road is closed down. But it presents its own intricacies and problems. And if you're the type of person like us where, you know, here's, here's how Scott and I approach a tournament. We pick a group. We follow a group for all 18 holes, see all 18 holes. Get lunch. Then we'll pick a spot. Right. Yep. Or second spot. And if you're a type of person that likes to follow a group around and and traverse the course and and see everything that's going on, you cannot do it at Bethpage. It is impossible to catch your player's shot every shot for the entire eighteen holes. It's just not doable unless you run. Yeah. No. There there are holes, and I I think it was the U.S. Open that we went to there. There are there are holes where it's just like. Do I really need to see these two shots? Nope. I'm just going to skip ahead. That's it. Um, We'll catch up to them on the next hole. Right. And that's a pain. It's such a pain having to plan like on the fly. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want to follow Rory, but there's 20,000 people following Rory and 20,000 people are moving through, you know, an area that's 10 feet wide and that area stretches a hundred yards. All right, Scott, let's get in front of the masses. We'll catch up to them on 13. Yep, exactly. And that's the, you know, we I, at that PGA, we followed. I, I was there with my buddy Mike, who I've talked about before, and his buddy from college. Um, and we decided to follow Ricky around a little bit. And obviously, Ricky brings a huge crowd. We knew what we were getting ourselves into. Um, but, uh, you know, we followed him around for a few holes. And then it just got to the point where it was just like, all right, this isn't fun anymore because we're fighting with people to, you know, see shots. You know, we're we're going ahead, like we're we're always like a like a shot ahead, basically. Right. So like we'd watch the ball land, and then be like, all right, let's make our way up to the green, and then not see the approach shot. You know, like, yeah, it, it's not the best viewing experience. And and the thing is, like, that is the way that it is when you go to a pro event. But there are some tournaments that just do it a lot better. And granted, a lot of that is because the way that Beth Page is routed. Yes. Well, but take another sort of old style course, same era, um, I, that I think also just set to hold a PGA. Uh, Aronimink, I, I don't have an issue watching tournaments there. Yeah, they're set to hold it in 2026. Yeah, and, and the, well, and the thing is too, that's a much smaller piece of property where mm-hmm. it's so small they have to actually limit the number of tickets. At Bethpage, they'll just sell – they'll invite all of Long Island mm-hmm. and Metro New York City. Like, they don't care, you know? Right. They're cool right. having eighty to 100,000 people on the grounds. If you put that many people at Aronimink, you wouldn't be able to breathe. Right, 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 right. So, um, you, know, you know where I would love? I'll tell you what I would love, the place that I was thinking – because in my mind, I start to think of courses. What course can I think of that can be turned overnight, if you will? And granted, they have more time than that. But what course can be turned overnight into a championship caliber to- course? And and my pick, Scott, would be Pinehurst number four. Ah, step away from... Step away from two. Mm-hmm. Two always has the U.S. Open. Let it have uh... the cachet. Let it have the panache of the U.S. Open. 
And let's give it a four. Four held up so well for the USM last summer. Hmm. Yeah. Something different, something new. Uh, you couldn't do it there. Um, but I, I'm just thinking like, um, and again, I, I want to try and keep it in the tri-state area. Um, but so, and this, it wouldn't work because it's too small and, and the, getting people in and out, the infrastructure is just impossible. But having it at Yale would be cool. Well, that would be sick. They've done some work there as of late. The The problem is it's a little bit short, too, by PGA standards. I mean, I guess you could elongate, but not in the mm, time frame. Yeah, that no, have. that, again, it's, it doesn't really work. It would just be cool to go somewhere that you you never see. Oh, it would be awesome, but all these players would do would be bitching about blind approach shots and mm-hmm. blind drives. I mean, hell, they bitch if you put a fairway, you know, bunker out there in their landing zone of 290 to 330. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and again, you know, same same deal, problem getting people in and out of. Uh, it would be cool to have it abandoned. Yeah, well, I mean, look, Bannon just had the USAM, you know? Yeah, but that's a whole different... Of course, of course. The, the problem is with Bandon... I don't think the PGA could make enough money there because they just couldn't get no. the required amount of people to the resort. No, definitely not. That that's that's the problem with it. Um, what's they've you know they've what's got that other time. what's that other resort that he just built though? Well, that's it. That's uh, um, uh, Cabot Cliffs. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's in Nova Scotia. Yeah, that, that wouldn't work. So they're not going across the border for the PGA of America. Right, right, right. Be sick if they did. No, no, it's Let's definitely not happening. That would be sick, but they're not they're not doing that. Um, what else we got? Anything? There's a, there's, a, there's a lot going on, man. A lot going uh, on. Did you want to talk about, uh, again, don't want to make it political, but did you want to talk about... Um, Gary Player and Alec Astor and Sam. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great point. We referenced the, the Black Knight before. So day after the Capitol riots, uh, after not hearing from the leader of the free world, a very silent ceremony goes on in which Annika Sorenstam, Gary Player, and in memoriam, Babe Zaharias were giving the uh, Presidential Medal of Honor. I'm correcting that, right? That's what it was? The Presidential Medal of Freedom. Of Freedom, excuse me, excuse me, yeah. Uh, Tiger, I think he gave it to Tiger last year. Okay, I believe the Medal of Honor is reserved for vets, etc. Okay, Uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom. So there was a lot of talk within the golf world because, let's be honest, uh, golf, um, golf has not only been around at the start of some of these stereotypes, but, but golf as a sport plays in in a lot of parts of the country to some very negative stereotypes. And it was kind of looked down upon as another black eye on the sport that two icons, let's be honest, of the sport, two Hall of Famers, multiple major championship winners, Anarchy Sorenstam and Gary Player, um, accepted that Medal of Freedom the day after violence was incited at the Capitol building. Uh, one could make an argument that both are not American, so they don't that's, hold much stake in it. But that's what I was thinking. 
But let's be honest, where do both consider their, you know, Annika is based here. I understand Gary Player is mostly based in South Africa, but he has a home here, which he spends the majority of the time. Um, so I decided to do a little bit of research, Scott, and this is out there. You can you can find it. Um, I'll be completely honest. I've always been a fan of Gary Player for his fitness and his work ethic, but this kind of puts a little bit of uh, a black eye on it. Gary Player was just an enormous apologist and supporter of apartheid in South Africa, uh, so much so that he would lobby to their Congress to keep it going when talks with Mandela were going on that you know they wanted to end it across the country. It just, uh, I, I, it's, it's not the right time. I don't think it was the right thing to do to show up. It might have been, you know, if, if I was them, I'd say, hey, look, man, uh, I appreciate this honor, but send it to me. Let's not make this a whole publicity thing. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're probably right. Um, uh, I just think the timing, the was timing, good. the timing is definitely bad um it's also i mean like why gary player now (laughs) you know like yeah and and look we know trump loves giving it to golfers and we know golfers love playing with trump because for the most part golfers fit that stereotype of of a trump republican right but annika sorenstam as a female accepting it from him after numerous things that he said towards the the female population and Gary Player now at 80 something years old first off if you're going to give it to Gary Player why did it take so long that's what i'm saying like what 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 were you wait what like what were we waiting for well i mean was it because other presidents in the past realized his you know storied history with apartheid and and might think that hey this guy might not represent America's medal of freedom in its best interest. So uh, and I'm just I looked. So Arnold Palmer received it in 2004. Jack Nicholas in 2005. Um, then there were no golfers through the rest of the you know. George W. Bush and Obama administrations. So keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh, Michael Jordan got it in 2016. He's sort of a golfer. Um, <laughs> and then Tiger got in 2019. And then Gary Player, Annika, and yeah. So. That's a it's a fairly limited group of people, I guess. You know, I guess Gary Player fits in there. I don't know. It just seems odd. It does. I mean, he he they they all fit the mold of um, generational golfers, if you will, golfers that have transcended the sport. I don't think you can make an argument against that at all for any of those golfers. I just think the timing. I'm not saying it's undeserved. I think the timing was incorrect yeah no it, it's an odd again it, it's it's a bad time to do it hey scott oh is that dj yo hey was hey i'm calling in from a it's called a cell phone but listen um 
When am I getting a medal? So, DJ, I was actually looking yesterday. It, you've, oh, played, you've played golf with Donald Trump um, at his yeah, courses. I tried, I tried out for The Apprentice before I was with Paulina. And you didn't get on. That's unfortunate. I got, I got fired, man. You know, like I'm always getting fired up, baby. Mm. So when you when you play with the president, like, do you let him win, or does he just say that he's winning? I mean, okay, let me tell you a story. I was playing with the Donald Trump. You know him? Uh, yes, yes, I, I know him. He's got a lot of guys that follow him around, machine guns and sunglasses and stuff. And um, hit a few balls out of bounds. And, you know, I might have been a little bit above the clouds. And I was just like, hey, man, hit another. And then we got to the green. He was like, hey, DJ, I made birdie. And I was like, bro, that's hot. You like, oh, you like machine that, guns? Uh, I, I mean, I've never, not really, a, you know, a gun user. Kind of um, cool, man. Gotcha, sometimes gotcha, DJ. I, sometimes I go on my jet ski and just rat-a-tat-tat. So what did you think about the, uh, the unrest in Washington, D.C., uh, you know, last week? Washington, D.C.? Oh, you mean the state above California and Oregon? Uh, no, I meant our nation's capital. Oh, man. I mean, who was not getting any rest? Oh, um, I, I, there were protests. So I guess I the mean, protesters weren't sleeping. So here's what here's my solution, man. I got this big greenhouse, Scott. Like it's big. And I would like to just invite everybody in the nation to come over. Uh my address is 420 uh Cannabis Boulevard, and that is in uh Florida, which is not Oh wait, is Florida in the US, Scott? Yes, it's it's one of the 50 states. Florida, United States. You can get a plane. You can send me a letter. And you can just come and be at peace with the plants, man. Uh, that sounds very relaxing there, DJ. I'm also not even sure if that's my address. Sometimes Paulina doesn't let me know it because I just go and tell everybody. Yeah, like on, on you know, podcasts and stuff like that. So, What the hell's a podcast? A podcast, Scott? That sounds great. <clears throat> oh, oh, DJ, it's always good to have you on. I, I just want to say, uh, you know, I thought you played really well at the the Tournament of Champions. Um, you know, what's it like playing down in Hawaii? They got a lot of grass, Scott. A lot of grass. You mean like on the the you know on the ground and like grass skirts and stuff like that? Mm, sure, Scott. I smoke anything. It doesn't matter. Grass skirts, grass from the greens, 
grass from the trees. I smoke grass from rocks. I'll even smoke rocks. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Um, hopefully the PGA Tour is not listening to this. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you know, thanks, DJ. It's it's always a pleasure to have you on. And uh, we, you know, we really appreciate it. I really just wish, you know, at some point we could get you on at the same time as Dan. He keeps like rushing off right before you get here. I know he's very busy. I need him to slow down a little bit. You know what I'm saying, man? Mm. Uh, I'd ask if you recommend anything for that, but I know what you're going to say. I do. Let me be your medicinal guide through this journey, Scott. Listen, before I go, can I ask you a question? Of course you can. What do I love the most about my master's jacket? Um, that it's green. That's right. I'm the master's champ. Bye! All right, man, we are running long this week, but there was a lot to talk about, buddy. A lot to talk about. There was, and, and you know, you just missed DJ again. Um, we got to we have to make it work somehow where you, you guys are on here together. I'm think you know what I'm thinking, honestly, Scott? I, I don't know if this is too much for the people. The response has been great every time mm. DJ comes on. Um, I personally love listening back to the podcast and hearing him, but mm. I'm kind of thinking maybe you and I do a joint interview one day with DJ. Well, I think DJ would love, love to do a joint interview. (laughs) And on that note, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Be good, everyone. (laughs) The game of golf is more than a sport. It's a lifestyle. Blue skies, bright sun, the walk, good friends, and the shots that keep you coming back. That is golf. Iconic, vintage, classic. Eagles and Arrows didn't create the look. They've only perfected it. Eagles and Arrows provides the classic American golf look with a modern spin. Hats, gloves, club head covers, and my favorite, the vintage American carry bag, are some of the amazing items you can find at eaglesandarrows.com. Follow them on Instagram at Eagles and Arrows CO. It's Eagles and Arrows Company CO on Instagram. Love golf, live life, Eagles and Arrows.